decides right away he gets the divorce. He doesn't ask his role, doesn't ask anybody. He decides for himself. Oh, excuse me, young lady. Excuse me, young man. Uh, you think you're so correction Hashem does? Hashem put you under the hook with that particular individual in order to bring you closer to Hashem. Hashem gave you that boss in order to bring you closer to Hashem. Hashem gave you that mighty shield in order to bring closer to Hashem. Okay, everything that comes from Hashem, everything Hashem does is to bring us closer to Him. So if a person has an easy life, like most people in Western society want, a comfort zone life, don't take me out of comfort zone, be far away from Hashem. So why does Hashem give the guy the abusive boss, or the abusive monkey sure, or the abusive spouse? Let's search ourselves and find out if we have anything that's connected to egotism or arrogance. Now, if we cannot look in the mirror and say in the mirror, okay, mirror, mirror on the wall, I'm as humble as Moshe Rabbeinu, and the Torah says, Aish Moshe, and Moshe, the man who is more humble than any percent walks face the earth. Okay, the Torah talks about Moshe Rabbeinu. If I cannot pass that test, then it means I gotta work with myself. So now here's the kicker. The Gemara in tractate Achim, page 17a, says, that if a person has arrogance, he and Hashem cannot live in the same universe. So if you can't be in the same universe as Hashem, the whole universe is Hashem, that means Hashem's got to go far away from you, which is the exact opposite of your purpose on life. What is the greatest gift in life? The greatest gift in life, the greatest absolute question in life, everybody have answers. But the greatest gift in life, according to our mission life, and according to the reason Hashem created the world, Hashem created the world for Enoch Nevado. And our particular mission to learn Enoch Nevado is to get closer to Hashem. Because the closer we get to Hashem, the more we learn Enoch Nevado, the more we him. Which means the greatest gift in life is when someone helps me get closer to Hashem because they help me do my mission in life. So if someone gives me chocolate ice cream, they're not helping me get close to Hashem. And if someone makes life difficult for me, uh, then maybe I gotta get rid of my ego. Maybe I gotta get rid of my arrogance. And as soon as we see that we put our egos aside, life becomes easier. We put our egos aside, we get along with the boss better. We put our egos aside, sure, life becomes easier. I'll do the thing, get close to Hashem. Because as soon as we are in the process of getting closer to Hashem, Hashem doesn't have to give us the electric prod. Like if you got a, a, a bull, he doesn't want to go in the direction. A farmer has an electric prod, a rod. And he gives a bull a, a little shook with the rod. Okay, it's a prod. Our tribulations in life are all prostration to bring us closer to Him. But if we get closer to Hashem on our own accord, Hashem doesn't need the prod. Hashem doesn't need the tribulation. Okay? Now, once again, let's not confuse the end and the means. You talk to a Jew and you say, you know, how do you classify yourself as a Jew? And if you see it, in the West, they say, I'm a firm Jew. 
Here's the last time. I cannot stand that term, from. From means religious, astringent. Same person, I look here too. I'm an observing Jew, I observe Torah, I'm a believing Jew that's even nicer. What's a from Jew? Okay, so nowadays you have plenty of people, plenty of people, they learn Torah. Yeah. I told the story, you know, I was in London, went to Yeshiva in London, and I'm talking about boys who were born in Haredi families, Shir Kimmel in Yeshiva Gdoyla, and asked the boys why they learned Torah, guys that are 18 and 19 years old, you know all kinds of stock answers, but they didn't know why. What's the purpose of learning Torah? Uh, to get a shidduch. Mommy and daddy want me to know that's not the purpose of learning Torah. Oh, so I'd be smart, son. No, not the purpose. People, they're learning Torah, and they're praying that you can keep them in school. They're in kosher Shabbat. Why? They have no idea. They think that the end goal, when you see a from, what's it from? The greatest thing to be from, yes, I keep Shabbat, I eat kosher, I learn Torah. What else do you want from me? Get out of my life. No, that's the means, that's not the end. The end is the end of your life, we're getting close to Hashem. How many people are talking about that? I want to get closer to Hashem. You know why you learn it? Torah and Yeshiva? To get close to Hashem. You know why you keep it Shabbat? To get close to Hashem. You know why you need kosher? To get close to Hashem. All the mitzvot of Torah are to bring us closer to Hashem. It's not to limit us, not to make limitations, not to hear to get closer to Hashem. To win the game. If you talk about a champion athlete, a Olympic athlete, he doesn't eat, it's a very strict food regimen, he doesn't eat what an oil person would eat, the potato chips and the beer and this and that, the guy's got it. He's got to run the, and, and, and then look at finals tomorrow morning and run a 10 second hundred group. He's, he's got to be less, he wants to win a medal, he's got to be less than 10 seconds. 985, 989. He's got to be very careful. And if you care about a seafood, very highly disciplined. So, what are you talking about this? What's the difference this? It's very high spiritual discipline. Very high spiritual discipline. And you keep it, should takes care of you. The stipler, the holy stipler, he promised a coil guy, he says, if you learn 10 hours straight, you won't have to worry about Parnosa. That gave the problem Parnosa. So the stipler said, any other one, any married coil guy that learns 10 hours straight, no problem Parnosa. People come, they say, look, probably the cycle is not true. I learned 10 hours. Hey, you learned 10 hours. How much you learning like? How often are you in the coffee room? How often do you open your cell phone? When the cycle spoke about 10 hours, talk about 10 hours of net, net learning. Not less coffee, less walking around, less talking about the news, less talking about what's in here and what's there. Not about a Buddha and not about Shas and not about Degel. No, none of that. Learning, learning, inside. This is the focus. This is the focus. Because if a person is making that much effort in learning, you can get close to Hashem. And this is a sign check in tractate Oboth, in Oboth. It says if a person accepts upon himself the yoke of Torah, he's not going to have the yoke of making a living or the yoke of 
So the government is not going to have to worry about this or anything. It's going to be taken care of. So we have to understand that fulfilling the mitzvot and learning Torah and being from quote unquote, it's not an end, it's a means. It's a means to get closer to Hashem. And Hashem gave us this way to be to close to Hashem. It's a regimen to get close to Hashem. Which means, what did the, the reporters say to people? Say, the reporters get my face, I can't do that. Don't do movies, don't do here, don't do there. Because they don't bring you closer to Hashem. The reporters say that if it's something that's bringing you closer to Hashem, I'm talking about the, the, at least here in the land of Israel were born, and there is Israel were born. What they're going to do in the Dark Torah, there is Israel, the, the, the Torah Shkot, there is Israel, is we do what we need to do to get closer to Hashem to strengthen our mind. Okay? So you have to understand that we get close to Hashem. But people ask the question, now a good question. How do I find Hashem? How do I search for Hashem? And many people say, okay, I learn Torah, I go to Shiva, I keep Shabbat, I eat kosher. I don't feel Hashem in my life. I don't feel Hashem, and it's legitimate. It's good. I have a lot of respect for people coming and speak to you like that. We're going to get it. And now, as soon as you admit you have a problem, that's already 50% of the cure. If you want to know how to get closer to Hashem, and you don't feel close to Hashem, you're already 50% closer to Hashem. And you're going to get all the way. So what do you do? What do you do? First thing. Mola's Kodo. He said, the whole world is filled with the glory. Hashem is right here with us. Right here with us. How do we get close to him? How do we get close to him? Okay, a husband and wife go to the marital council. And they say to the psychotherapist, doctor, we have difficulty. We don't feel closeness with one another. So what's the psychotherapist going to do or any other counselor? A social worker or anyone who's special in, in personal counseling. First thing you can ask is how's communication? How much time do you have together? All the time. Oh, we're busy and I'm with the kids and he's at work. No, no, that doesn't cut it. There is no other way to build a bond of closeness than communication. First of all, you have to speak to one another. You speak to one another. And, and nothing else does it. Nothing else does this is the basis. Which means that a husband and wife must set aside quality time for their wives. And they can understand, why is it Torah saying, Shana Rishana? The first year, you don't have to go to the army, you don't have to do anything, it could be World War III, no, 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 I'm at home with my kala. Why? Because you can build a relationship. Why build a relationship? That you have to listen, spend time together, and, and, and let her express herself and communicate. So how can we feel a shem if we don't communicate with them? Ask a normal observant Do you believe in a shem? Of course I believe in a shem. Do you speak to shem every day? Oh, I go to three times, I got a shock and said, no, 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 I didn't say you got. It's a cool opinion. Do you speak to a shem every day? No. And you expect that relationship. You don't speak to him. People that how do they speak? 
Now they speak to Hashem. Give it during prayer. Now they do face it. Before we talk about personal prayer, let's talk about regular prayer. Let's talk about regular prayer. What to understand regular prayer? Uh Hashem, we're after Tisha B'Av, and we're now in the end of B'Av, before Rosh Hashanah. But there was a fossil we said in Eichon, Lamentations. Anino Yisaymi Beloav. Chapter 5 of Eichon, verse number 3. We were orphans with no father. Let's take a good look at that fossil. All the time, the whole time, that Hashem is loving, we going to take a this lesson, Hashem is loving Father in heaven, loving Father in heaven, loving Father in heaven. But what is Jeremiah the prophet wrote Lamentations? What's he, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? you sign me. And we say Lamentations now, we're talking about it right now, we're not talking about uh, the destruction of First Temple, Corbin by Risha. We're not talking about the Babylonian exile, we're talking about it right now. What does it mean that a person is a orphan because he doesn't feel his father in heaven? But an orphan is already a madrega. An orphan is already on a good level if you're an orphan. Why? Because an orphan knows that he once had a father. And an orphan longs for his father. He misses his father. He yearns for his father. So an orphan at least has a yearning for the Father. So why the Jeremiah prophet says, Hayinu Yisraelim? Okay. He was talking about during the time of the temple. Why did we lose the temple? We said in our Tishabok Shur, the first temple was because of a breach in the split between man and Hashem. The second temple was because of a breach in the split between man and fellow man. But why did we breach the split? Because we thought that our father left us. And we were looking for all types of, uh, what they say, hemobincom, all kinds of cheap earth set substitutes. We know we have a father. A person of believer says, yeah, I believe in Hashem. He knows he's got a father. But he doesn't believe that his father's coming home from dinner tonight. He's got to come home to work. And if you open the door, hello, my family. He doesn't believe that Hashem is with him. Once you yeah, get a father, once there was a father in heaven on Mount Sinai, once there was a father in heaven by Bishon, first temple, once your father in heaven and, and by Shemi, second temple. But now, where's the Shem? Yeah. And Rabbi Nachman says there's a concealment within a concealment because people think their father's not there. And behind the difficult things that's happening to you, I'm right there, I'm right there, I'm right there, Hashem's right there, we are not orphans, we got a father. We think we're orphans, but now it's even worse when you're my sister. But a person that never had a father, he doesn't even miss his father. Because now the father is. Never had Never had a relationship with his father. Okay, he had this ishkik, this foom. He's foom. He knows what kosher chickens are. And he knows what a Leon Shabbat is. And what a blessing is. 
but as you make it blessed. You see, we're personal prey. The way you waste is a blessing. The way David Shemaiah said, the way some people go to Minion, 28 minutes, 28 minutes from Birkus to Shahar to Alain. Okay? Hey, you're laughing because you always like that. I don't feel it. 
I shouldn't help you feel it. I shouldn't help you feel it. Help me know that you're listening to me. A, a, a story, a, a simple story. I'm talking about a young lady. She wasn't Jewish. Lived in a place far away from spirituality, South Dakota. South Dakota. Okay, she read the Universal Garden of Luna. And she read the lady with all types of different problems and uh, dysfunctional parents, abusive parents, I don't know, very difficult, very difficult home life. And she reads about her father in heaven that nobody ever taught her about. They taught her in local church about what they believe in, this and that, but nothing about the, you know, you go through certain channels and and, and other people are going to save you and, and heaven and hell and all kinds of stuff. Well, what about my own happiness? What about me? And then she reads the Garden of Buddha now as your own personal connection with God. And that's your purpose on earth. Not only for a Jew, the mitzvah of the Muna is a mitzvah for all of mankind. And that's why Roshalom wrote the universal Garden of Muna. Okay, for all of mankind. I heard, you heard a couple weeks ago, we had a guest here, a very special guest, a regiment chaplain from the American Army in Afghanistan. Lieutenant Colonel Yoni Zadansky. And we're speaking about, we put it here, we're speaking about the difficulties in Afghanistan. And he talked about the difficulties, the number one problem of American soldiers in Afghanistan is suicide. It's an epidemic. More damage than what the Taliban does, there are more suicidal American soldiers in Afghanistan than get killed by the Taliban. So why does a guy commit suicide? And not only a guy, there are female soldiers who commit suicide too. Because they're in despair. There is no such thing, no such thing as a person with true faith in Hashem, we call a Muna, because we also have our, our, our esteemed non-Jewish listeners who listen there. I'm sure you know. welcome. You're more than welcome. Because all of mankind has to believe in Hashem. It's the first, it's the first commandment. I am the Lord your God. That's for all of mankind. And the first the seven high, the seven no high mitzvahs is to believe in Hashem. There's no such thing as a person that feels the Father in heaven in their lives commit suicide. No such thing. But a person to get to the extreme where there's no hope, what was suicide? Suicide is no hope. I'm not gonna go into that clinical side. That you can hear that from what Dr. Zane Bowen forgot. Plays already done it. No. Okay, this is his side. I'm talking about the spiritual side of suicide. It's utter despair. Utter despair. Utter despair comes from utter lack of amuna. When a person has amuna and knows that Hashem is always there, it is a consolation for everything. You take your problems, whatever hurts you, most difficult thing, and you talk to Hashem. And if you don't feel Hashem, say, Hashem, let me know that you're there. And this is exactly the young lady from South Dakota, she wasn't sophisticated, and I know better than this Rabbi Sholomar. She, she took the Rabbi's advice, and she applied it to the letter. She goes out, 
you ever been to South Dakota, there's wheat fields that go for miles and miles and miles and miles. Those go straight. It's the whole thing. It's, it's in a grid, straight. It's prairie, flat. North Dakota is most of North Dakota and all of South Dakota. Flat, prairie, prairie, prairie. Okay. So she goes out to a wheat field. I've got it for out of her town. And she sees secluded personal prayer, what we call Ikulu. And she says, Father in heaven, I don't know that you're there, but I'm following the advice of this book. I'm going to spill my heart out to you, and I want you to give me a sign that you hear me. That's all. I'm not testing you. I'm not being insulin. We call hooks for that. No. She says, I, I, I honestly want to know. I honestly want to know. So she took not an hour, she took an hour and a half, and she told all her problems, all her problems, and said, Father, maybe can I give you a little sign that you're there? You ever seen go Google Star Spangled Gopher? In the prairie, there's between North Dakota, South Dakota, and over the border into Manitoba. It's also the continuation of the prairie. That's the wheat belt of Canada and the province of Manitoba. It's right north of North Dakota. They have this little gopher. It's called the star-spangled gopher. And it only grows there. It's the only place in America where it comes from. A little gopher. And why is it called star-spangled gopher? Because it's, it's a brown pupil critter. And it's got white stripes. And in between the white stripes, it's got dots. Looks like an American flag. So they call it the star-spangled gopher. Uh, these are probably the uh, gophers that you know, ever been on a prairie or a farm boy from the Midwest, then they're very shy. They don't like you. She says to Shem, Shem, show me that you're with me. Give me a sign. Because out in the wheat field, all of a sudden, out of a hole, pops out a little star-spangled gopher, and the gopher stands on his hind legs, and he smiles at her, and he jumps back in the hole. Well, she started crying. This is for, she's from South Dakota. She knows this is not natural. This is like a, 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 getting a, 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 a rainstorm in the middle of a blue sky. What we call in the Gemara, Hambi over here. And, and, and all of a sudden, thunder and lightning in a clear sky. No, she knew. So she started crying. She cried for maybe, uh, uh, I don't know how long, half an hour, and then she talked to Hashem for another three hours. And that was it. If Hashem could do this for a young lady out in the wheat farm in South Dakota, he's not going to do it for one of his little children. But we don't ask him. How can we get close to Hashem if we don't have a desire to get close? Hashem tries to wake us up and wake up what your real mission is. We have difficulties in life, and we're after the difficulties. We want to solve the difficulties, to solve the financial problem. Everything Hashem does in our life that takes us out of our comfort zone is bring us closer to Him. So as soon as we get closer, really closer to Hashem, Hashem doesn't need wake-up calls. That's it. So if we said the difference between a relationship and that relationship is communication, then we have to ask ourselves, how do we pray? What's the difference between a person that takes 28 minutes a day to pray shakli and a person takes an hour, an hour a day without a safe Torah? 
Rush Holmes says it, it, at least a person should do once a day a 30 minute Shmonaise. Okay, is that difficult? Start with a 10 minute. Because used to doing it in four minutes, start with a 10 minute, word for word. And realize what's the difference between prayer, I'm talking about prayer with Kavona, prayer with intent. What's the difference between prayer with intent and prayer that doesn't have Kavona, doesn't have intent? Imagine you're talking on the phone to somebody you really love. Ah, your best friend, our beloved Xavier, your, your beloved grandfather, your, your best friend, your, your Rebbe that you really have tremendous respect for. And uh, you, you can't talk to him every moment, but the, man, the Rebbe's got time. The guy says the Rebbe can talk to you. Now, this one can talk to you. Some, someone you really love, you have a lot of respect for. And you're animated. You're odd, and, and, and you're speaking, and everything you're hearing. The Rebbe says, well, what's bothering What can I help you with? What do you need a for? Rebbe, this is that. You gotta help me find my soulmate. Rebbe, you gotta help me out there, my grave, but forgive me. Help me give you a brocha, Rebbe, give me a brocha. And people like clean for his life. Okay. Now, and people are like, why is the name of our shirt today, voicemail? You call on the phone somebody you want to speak to, I'm sorry, your party cannot receive the call. At the sound of the tone, please leave your message or wait for more options. Uh, hello, Menachem, uh, this is Laser speaking. Uh, let's touch base as soon as we can. Thank you. Like they say, Israeli army, so over and out. That's it. Hey guys, look at you when I say you know when you say we're for Ainu, you're asking Hashem for your heartbeat? You're asking Hashem for every breath? Uh, give it Hashem a voicemail. Hashem, give me a report. Hashem, bless our year. Bless our year means we have good crops, we have what to eat, we have good parnosa. Uh, Hashem, this is the voicemail, give me Parnassar. <laughs> Come on. Uh, where is it? Uh, the voicemail, okay? Hey, uh, do you think, do you think, okay, you've got a problem with electricity in your house, so you call the electric company, or if you're in Israel, you call Chabat Hashmal, okay? You think, uh, and, and you call, you haven't got service the way you want, so you call the general director's office, and John Director, of course, has an answer. Please leave a voicemail. Uh, dearest brothers and sisters, do you think that the general director answers the voicemails? He's got all kinds of secretaries to do that. If a person leaves a voicemail for a sham, oh, the feelings? They go all through all kinds of malachim. There's a whole, there's a spiritual hierarchy before a tefillah is strong enough to get to a sham. So, you think, you know what happens, the difference between that 28 minute shakli and that 16 minute shakli? All of a sudden, 16 minute shakli, you're selling insurance, or you're in real estate, or you're solving a problem. You can make, you can sell a house in 30 minutes, or you could go for 30 days without selling a house. You can do it, make the same commission. We sell one house in 30 minutes or 30 days, make the same commission, make the same amount of money. The person, maybe if you invest the time in Tzvila, Hashem will save him that 20 times 
Employment, it, it, it really works, but people don't believe it. People don't believe it. They leave a voicemail, what do they think? They act like orphans. Hey, I come to show me, yeah, I believe I got a father, but he's somewhere. He doesn't hear me, so I'm going to leave a voicemail. That is not the way to get close to Hashem by leaving voice messages. Hashem is right there to talk to Hashem on the other end of the line. Oh, you don't believe Hashem on the other end of the line? Okay, let's go back to the drawing board and strengthen our mind and show that you can see Hashem right here. Take a look. And this is what the Novi told us the Shabbat before Tisha B'Av. He didn't say, forget Tisha B'Av because of idolatry and not because of illicit bloodshed and not because of illicit interpersonal relationship. He says, Ami lo ibonam. My nation did not observe. They didn't open up their eyes. What, why look at the eyes? They didn't open their eyes. Look at Tisha But you gotta open up your spiritual eyes. It's not just if you go to the doctor and the optometrist says, Oh, you've got 20 20 vision. You don't need glasses. We're not talking about those eyes. We're talking about looking at the world, not through the flesh and blood eyes, through eyes of Emuna, through eyes of any old new father. That's the way to get close to Shem. You know what happens to get close to Shem? As soon as you get close to Shem, Shem gets close to you. 